Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest. He's a repeat guest. He's none other than Mr. George Ross. George is famous for having been executive vice president in the Trump organization. He did the very first deal with Donald when Donald was just 27 years of age. He taught negotiation at the law school at NYU for over 20 years, and he's the author of two best-selling books on real estate and negotiation. Listen to my conversation with George. Welcome. Hi, Victor. How are you? I'm very well. Good. We're just thrilled to have you here again this month, George. We've been doing this now 11 years? Yeah, pretty close to it. It doesn't seem that long. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's extraordinary. Well, thank you for doing this again. Let's start with something that's uh, straight out of your book, Trump Style Negotiation. Uh, Of course, this book was your course based on your course syllabus from when you taught negotiation at the law school at NYU for, gosh, more than 20 years. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you talk about in your book is developing a strategy in a negotiation, making sure that that strategy is intentional. And one example that you gave was, let's say in a hot market, you don't want to appear wishy-washy or anything like that with a with a seller. You want to go in there saying, I'm going to pay the highest price. I'm going to outbid everybody so that you get the seller's attention. It doesn't mean you have to do that, but it means that you're, you're, that's your negotiating posture as part of your strategy. And I get that. And, and that's what you would do in a hot market. How would you do that in, let's say, the current market conditions where buyers seem to have evaporated? And how does the seller attract buyers and maintain the negotiating leverage in these current market conditions? Well, yeah, that's, that's a very, very good question. First of all, let's go back to the your original premise or what, what I say is a good negotiator is basically like a chameleon. You change to match your surroundings, whatever they may be. You do, so if it's, if this, if you're the, you represent, if you're the buyer and the market is hot at that point, you would, you don't, you don't appear, you appear lukewarm. All right. Or at that point where you say, yeah, I'll be there. I'll outbid everybody else. You may appear red hot. The main thing is, is to be unpredictable. So they don't know how to handle you because they don't know whether you say or or what, what you say or what you mean. Is it going to be the price? Is the price going to go up or down? How about timing? So whatever it is, you find out what strikes a nerve with the other side. And that's what you you dwell on one way or another. But they shouldn't be able to read you. So they say, they say, well, all right, I offered this, so you're going to, but that's not your final offer. It may be your final offer, but they shouldn't know it is it or isn't it. In other words, you keep them on, you keep them guessing, and that'll get you a much better deal because they don't know where you're, they don't know how to finish with you. So you put a price on the table and they want to know, well, is that his final price? Well, you may have said it's the final price. It may not be. So that's all the, the nuances that are involved, depending upon who you're dealing with. And that becomes technique over a period of time to know who the other side is and what what uh, what strikes their bell. And the, the easiest way to do it, and it amazed me in the novices that are getting into negotiation, is they just don't ask the questions. Mm. For example, it had a there was a property involved that was uh, that was a client was trying to buy, and he'd been trying for ten years. 
And now all of a sudden it's on the market. So the first question is to me is, why do you want to sell now? I want to hear what the, what the seller has said. Why now? You've been sitting near this property for 15 years. Why do you want to sell now? I want to know what he says, because that, that'll lead to the next question. Well, I have a tax problem. Oh, yeah, what kind of a tax problem? Uh, how, do, can I, how can I solve it? So what you're doing, you're relaying your conversation and you're matching it to what they're telling you without tipping your hand. You haven't said a thing. You haven't said, I'm an anxious buyer. I'm not an anxious buyer. You're just getting information. And the information is what they are going to tell you, which may or may not be true, but at least you're getting some information and you can trace that that route to find out how accurate it is. So conversely, let's say, for example, you have someone who's maybe interested in a property that you have for sale. Yeah. Why are you interested in buying? Yeah, Absolutely. What are you looking for? Why do you decide? Why, why are you decide this type of property? How much money do you have that you want to spend? How much are you willing to invest? Are you willing to take risks? This all gives you information as to the, the, the other side. Mm-hmm. So now you're looking to buy apartment houses. How much money have you got? How big? Was millions. What do you mean millions? Five million, 10 million. You're getting information from the other side. Doesn't mean you're doing anything except they are telling you information which may or may not be true. It probably is not true, but it will give you at least an indication of where they are. So they say, well, truth is, I have enough capital and enough backing for people to buy anything. That's that's impossible. Right. So you saying to buy anything, fine. So if I gave you a beautiful piece of property for $100 million, can you buy it? Oh, that's out of my class. Well, what's in your class? Do you see the play? Yeah, yeah. The play is you're you're asking questions based on what information they've given you instead of you offering any information. So if they ask you, why do you want to buy the property? I mean, we're always looking for good investments. I have a I have clients that need you to look whatever it is, I'll give them all kinds of an answer. It is, but generally you will find they don't ask the questions the way they want. So you now have have an opportunity to ask to use them as, as as to get to where you want to be on a particular transaction. So you've got a you've got uh, a buyer in front of you. You've got a property, and and maybe the reality is that you you need to sell. You've got a loan that's due, and um, you know you don't want to default. Okay, of course, you haven't you haven't indicated that. Of course, maybe you can say what happens if I maybe I can give you some financing. What do you need to weigh financing? What do you got? What's your short? What? Why? What's what's holding you back? Well, holding back. I don't want to close right away. Well, what do you mean right away? Would you close in two months, six months, whatever? What? What's the period? What's what's right away in your thing at this point? Mm-hmm. So if if you would you be willing to sign a contract? The the, the, the we do something, but your, your delivery uh, the, the the deed is later on or whatever. Whatever it is, I'll find out what's, 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 what you have in your mind. Make it easy. Sure, I can make the terms. You can't get the financing? Good. If I get the financing for you, will you take it? Right. And the financing at this point, you're looking for a million dollars, and I can get you a million dollars. How much, what, what do you think the interest rate you would be willing to pay? 3%. Well, 3% is not in the market. Give me something realistic. So you see, you see the, the, the discussion is going on. To, to find out where the where the opposite side stands in one form or another. 
the technique and uh, develop it over a period of time. Believe me, it gets you wonderful results because you buy the properties or you don't buy the properties, but you get the best deal that's available time-wise, money-wise, business relations, uh, whatever is available at the time. You may or may not close. That doesn't mean at this point you don't you don't close every deal that you're looking at for by any means, but you should get the ones that you want to. And understand there should be a delay. There should be time. A good deal hurts only one person. Shouldn't be you. So don't rush in with anything, even if you love the deal. So assume you're looking to buy something for a million dollars and it's on the market now. It's on the market for the guy for seven hundred and fifty thousand. Are you going to say, gee, that's great? No, that's more than I anticipated paying. You're already there. You, so you're not telling the telling the truth, but you're negotiating. And it's, well, seven, 750, why, how did you come up with 750,000? How did you come up with a million? How did you come up with what? All questions. Yeah, I mean, it certainly has me thinking about, a, for example, a project that we're working on right now in, in downtown Houston, where the seller one of their main things that they're most adamant about, they're willing to sell or finance 35 million. Like they're all kinds of really fantastic things, but they've owned the property for 22 years and they're just tired and they don't want to be involved in the decision-making. They just want us to handle everything. Yeah. Okay. And so it's exactly what you're talking about. Asking questions, find out what's important to them. Yeah. It's fine. Say, look, uh, but you're, you're pointing, say, look, You've had the property for 22 years. You're not doing anything with it. If we make a deal, will you make a deal with me? I'm going to make you a lot of money. And you don't, you don't have the work. You don't have the aggravation. Right. We make a deal that's firm as far as you're concerned. And uh, we'll, we'll do all the spade work. And all you get is a nice fat check. How could, who could object to that? Yeah, fantastic. You know, it's a, yeah, yeah. But, uh, that depends on how long you've had it. Now the other word, the other opposite is suppose the guy's all suppose whoever had it has only had it for two months. Now you say you only had to, what did you plan to do with it? Why did you buy it? Why did you have it for two months? So all of a sudden you're getting information. That's the key. You can relate to the information and it, it varies depending upon who the other side is, how financially capable they are, what the age is, a whole bunch of things which you have to analyze to find out as much as you can about the other people you're negotiating with, and you'll end up with the best negotiate, the best deal you could possibly get. And it may not be all you want, but if it's a good deal, if it's, if it's close to what you can live with, you take it. So you just spoke about making sure that you don't rush the negotiation, you don't conclude it too quickly. But what about on the other side? Absolutely. I mean, we've encountered situations where, uh, you know, the seller gets fatigued with the negotiation and says, come on, make a decision no, already. No, 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 wait a minute. That's, that's wrong. You carry, if it gets fatigued with the negotiation, you've gone too far. Okay. How do you sense uh, that? You all should always be in a situation where, yes, they have interest, but something came up or why it's not, it's the, whatever the delay is. Well, I've got my financing, but my bank is taking a longer period of time than I thought. Whatever it is, but not fatigue negotiations. In other words, not, it's not negotiation for the sake of discussion, it's negotiation with a view towards making a deal, if you want to make a deal at whatever terms you want to make. So I thought the closing is too far off. I thought the closing is too close. I thought you I put in less cash, that, you did, that, that you'd be, be give me some financing along the way. Whatever it is, you're throwing uh, uh, darts to the board and see what happens. Got it. 
Oh, that's fantastic. I love my conversations with George. I'm so blessed to have developed this relationship over the last decade where we speak frequently. George is an extraordinary advisor. He's been so helpful to me over the past decade, and I cherish the time we have together. 94 years of age, one of the wisest men I know. If you're managing your own real estate development business or real estate investing business, you want to make sure that you get a George. It doesn't have to be the George, but it can be a George as an advisor in your business. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.